0: Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. My next guest is a former NFL player turned transformational identity shift coach. Born with the odds of life heavily against him, this man has been able to change everything by being self-aware of himself and having a tireless work ethic. He has been able to rewrite his destiny and live life on his terms. Let's give a warm superhero welcome to Anthony Trucks. Anthony, hey, hey, hey. welcome to doing, the show. Man? I'm a little fired up, man. It's, uh, it's my first conversation of the day, and I'm ready. I'm ready to go, bro. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, let's get to it. So, Anthony is the founder of Identity Shift Coaching. He is a former NFL player, American Ninja Warrior, best-selling author, and the host of multiple podcasts, including one of the most inspiring and original podcasts around. The Awe Shift Podcast. You can find more information about Anthony and his services at anthonytrucks.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at anthonytrucks. All right, Anthony, let's get right into this. Dive into it, man. How you doing this morning? I'm doing very
1: well. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit cold. I have no idea why. (laughs) My son and I do this morning routine every day, and it involves a cold plunge. And every once in a while, man, the cold, I can't shake. So I'm a little, I'm a little chilly, but I'm good. It's a good chili.
0: Hey, that's, that's the feeling afterwards that you, uh, you did a job well done. I love to do ice baths myself. And coincidentally, my trainer got me down. So he got me down to about a buck 33. I had about 4% body fat. I looked like an alien just because (laughs) of how, how, uh, how, uh, fit he got me to build me back up. And I would do cold plunges coming out of that shivering and it felt yeah. like my core was cold for hours after that yeah. but it's so cathartic it's so man you release so many great neurochemicals it is a fantastic way to start off your day
1: yeah you know, we have a whole uh i went and bought an actual cold plunge machine so thankfully i don't have to like worry about making ice anymore but yeah we i did it when i played college football nfl football and, and it was at that time for heavy recovery now i just for we do it for the brain purpose as well as for like psychology purpose. Like it's hard. It's a hard. He starts his day, and I say my son, and he and I start our day every day doing something hard, which is that. So it's one of those little nuances. But yeah, we both pop
0: in there two minutes, forty eight degrees. We do what we do, and we get out. Yeah, those those cold plunge pools are so amazing because I don't have one myself, so I got to buy like forty fifty p- pounds of ice if I want to do a real uh, cold plunge myself instead of a cold shower. Yeah. So yeah. I, I need cool. to invest in one of those. Those things are pretty incredible. They,
1: they had more affordable ones in the market. They got some that are still like 60 grand. Oh, sh- so I mean, they float around like, you know, five, 6,000. I got one for like three and a half, maybe $4,000 is everything I need. It's a, it's a perfect thing, man. It, it works just like the big ones do.
0: Yeah. No, one thing I want to jump on what you said, every morning you and your son are pushing yourselves mentally doing something difficult. So it yep. could be a cold plunge. It could be a workout at the gym. It could even be a meditation. Yeah. Half hour, hour long, long meditation. Me? Yeah.
1: And we do, we do, our whole routine is comprised of a a 15-minute round trip walk, which we hiked at the top of a hill by our house. You can see around for miles. We we state what we're grateful for that day. Like today, he was grateful for wood. I was grateful for washing machines. Uh, we then do a prayer thanking you know God and our creator for the the day and for these things we're grateful for. We come back to the house cold plunge for two minutes. Then we do a 10 minute lead meditation. And then I give him a hug, tell him I love him. We're off for the day. So it's like a every weekday thing we do.
0: That's incredible. I love good morning routines. And there's obviously Tony Robbins always talks about success success leaves clues. And it's no coincidence that people are really, when they attack the morning, they have a, you know, and I'm not saying attack, like go to the gym and lift 300 pounds. Yeah, Yeah, they dominate it. Yeah, there's other ways of going about doing it. Getting yourself centered, getting your mind centered, getting your energy centered. And gratitude is wonderful at that. Meditation is wonderful. Taking a walk, being with your loved ones. Like, I imagine. And also, like, I love what you said about doing something hard. Because if you're able to go into 40, 50 degree water, and it doesn't matter if you're in there 15 seconds, 30 seconds, five minutes, you go until your brain is screaming, I can't go anymore. And then you go more. And if you're able to break through those mental barriers, those mental walls, no matter where you are, it just opens up the world of possibilities for the rest of your day. Because you're like, man, I've got this meeting, but I've meditated, I'm centered, I've got onto a more conscious level. My body's been taken care of, my spirit, my mind. I killed it at the gym. I killed it in the the plunge pool. This meeting is going to be a piece of cake. I, I already got this. I know the future and the future is right now. And I already got this. And so I know we normally jump into people's backgrounds, but I think it's so important because I, I just love your morning routine specifically because it is designed for you. You are designing that to start your day off on the I mean, right foot so that the rest of your day falls in line. And yeah, and obviously... Life will come and hit us, but if we're, if we're ready and we're, we're working, healing from within the outward things, we're able to manage those more properly as opposed to somebody yeah. wakes up late, rushes around in the morning and is already in fight or flight. Like it's, um, it's so important to have a great morning routine. So I, I appreciate you sharing I mean, that I, with I, us.
1: I yeah, no problem, man. I, you gotta start the day under control. If I, if I don't start my
0: day under control, then something else controls it. So. I like to rock and roll my own, my own intentions that's right you're either in control of your life or you're under control of anything and everything else around you mm-hmm. um, well let's rewind a little bit let's do it my audience probably doesn't know your story I've read your story you're very open about it and so one I appreciate you being so vulnerable just in mm-hmm. general it speaks a lot to your character and um, and who you are but you didn't grow up with it all easy um can you jump kind of back in time to your upbringing kind of like your origin story and how you evolved to become the person you are today
1: yeah of course man it is uh we all have our own origin stories right we all have our own moments that uh, we look back and go that's kind of the reason i am who i am but i was given away as a kid three years old my mom she decided she didn't want me or my siblings and so we got shipped off to the foster care kind of world. And it wasn't a good world. You know, you had a lot of things that go wrong. Statistically, we're not set up to do very well. I think if you go to any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids like myself. Half our homeless population spent time in foster care. I think less than 1% of us graduate from college. So we're not set up to do well. And I got a whole lot of heinous things, that, you know, done to me of beating, starvation, tortures, weird, weird people doing horrible things. And so it sets this, uh, this tonality of, of how my perspective of life is, which is the world sucks. I suck. Not supposed to do very well. You know, just, that was kind of the mentality. And so that progressed me into my, my many years of hardship. I, I was in the <laughs> system for 11 years, finally got adopted by a really poor all white family at, at 14. It was a family that loved me. And, uh, for the first time for me, it was like the sense of like, I have a home and I know this place I woke up is a place I get to go to bed at 14. And so I tried my hand at different things. Football being one of them was bad at it, eventually got really good, got a scholarship and, you know, a whole lot more of the story there. But the, the beginnings of my life, um, yeah, they were pretty hard, man. It was difficult. But as much as I would say I, I don't like that they happened, I appreciate that they happened, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get it. We, I always like to say that today we are fossils, like living fossils of our past, good, bad, yeah. indifferent. We are the people we are today because of what's happened in our past. And I feel like once you let go of the emotion, get work through the trauma, you can look back on no matter what's happened to you and appreciate it because you are uniquely you today. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't be the person you are today if it wasn't for all these things that have happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, You had mentioned being adopted when you were 14, trying to figure out, what you wanted to do now that you had a stable living situation. You said you weren't very good at football. What turned it around? Because I had mentioned you got drafted into the NFL. So obviously going from not being good to making the NFL, that's quite a dramatic shift. So what what were some of the things uh, that you would do routine-wise and then also uh, mentally that had to shift? Well, I think think at first you had to have this, well, first, I wasn't drafted.
1: I was a priority free agent, which is it's kind of a weird way of saying, like, I was like one of the guys taken 10 minutes after the draft closed. close. Okay. Uh, the other part of it was, I think for me, I, when I first started playing football, I didn't actually have any talents, any skill sets or mentality that I could be great at it. And that's how a lot of us start anything. You know, I'd have this aspiration for something, but I'm really not that great at it. And so you have to figure out, well, how do I show up? How do I do this? How does it, you know, how do I progress in that stage? The first thing for me was realizing I didn't like who I was or where I was going. I think a lot of people assume that, you know, just because I aspire to something, I'm going to go get it. Or I won't, you know, typically most people don't start towards something until they're for sure it's going to become something great for them. I didn't know. And so for me, I go, you know, I want to go do something different than where I'm headed. And so it's going to take me doing things I haven't done. And and the kind of, I guess the mentality for me was, if I can lean into the reality of doing different things creates a different outcome, then I can actually create a different reality. And so at 15 years old, I made this commitment to myself. Like I was going to be great. I didn't know what I was going to be great at. I was like, I'm just going to be great, but great. Wasn't tomorrow. Great was the great effort tomorrow, the great effort the next day. And then if you do that over time, you can become great. And so I think that was kind of like the, the catalyst for me was that thought. And then I stepped into doing a whole bunch of uncomfortable out of character you know just weird things that eventually turned into something great
0: i love how it seems like patience is a big part of this understanding that instant gratification isn't going to happen yeah and you said something really important doing the things that you aren't doing today i believe so much so many of us get stuck in a routine and a pattern and we're busting our butts all day every day a lot of us whether we're, it's at our job it's with our families and then we're setting up these expectations that okay if I work hard and I do this this result will happen but I think sometimes people get very discouraged because they don't see the results you know it's somebody who oh. goes to the gym a few times a week and pushes themselves hard the gym isn't an easy place to to be physically but they don't see their body changes because maybe they're not super strict on their diet or they don't have the proper knowledge or coaching to get them to that next level. And so it seems like to me, part of what's in your DNA is understanding one, where you are in whatever facet of life it is. So at football, you realized right away, well, I'm not very good. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. I've never done this before. But if I want to get good, I'm going to have to do things that I'm not doing today. And I'm going to have to bust my butt work tirelessly, but understand that this, if I keep working at this, I keep chipping away day in and day out that the results will be there. And it's pretty much it. And that is so powerful. Was there anybody like a coach or a mentor, like for football specifically for you that was coaching you, helping you along the way, really taking their knowledge and, and putting it upon you to help accelerate that that growth and change
1: yeah I think I had I mean I had a lot of good football coach which was cool I had, you know they weren't always the uh we'll call it like the consummate athletes themselves because you get a lot of people that that play the sport and, you know or do the thing but then like they weren't the greatest but they come back and coach and so you you need those individuals in life and I had some great ones I had some people that when I look back on my years they care deeply about me uh you know I the coach George was a great one uh, Matthews was a great one uh coach anthony was a great one we had some good dudes man uh baccio was great like it's some some good guys that were phenomenal coaches that, that kind of tucked in into help. but the interesting thing is one of the most um i guess I would say pivotal conversations i had about you know at one point being great was he with a coach because there is this desire to be consistent but i don't think consistency is was my goal back then if that makes sense yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that the desire was to do the thing to make me great. It wasn't. I have to be consistent. It was. If I don't do this, I don't get better, and I want to get better, right? So, it, it was the it was the definitive, very immediate byproduct, but it wasn't the in, in I think initial intentionality, we'll call it. And then what happened was that was seated by a guy named I can't think of his name. Like uh, big guy, <laughs> you only know, like you you lose somebody's name and you're just thinking about him. Oh yeah, uh, Tim Mann. Tim Manley was his name. Tim Manley, okay. Tim, me, he, he, the, uh, he was like the yard duty guy. He'd take you around in the yard duty cart, the golf cart. Big guy. <laughs> and he, he was in a cart one time. We were sitting on the side of the road. It was A Street. I think it was like just, I oh, don't know, it was an A. It was like right next to A Street. Um, and we're sitting there talking. And he said something. And he goes, you know, but the principal doesn't believe that, that you can actually play at the next level. I don't know why the guy had a conversation about it. I guess there had been a conversation. He goes, but I believe you can play in the NFL. And it was the first time I heard somebody state that to me. I was like, really interesting. I play in the NFL. He goes, yeah. I mean, he's like, think about it. There's guys in the NFL that play that all started kind of the same way you're starting. So I look at you and I, I see the the potential in you to do those things. It's just, you have to stick on, you know, the, the track you're going, do the work and who knows. And so that was like the seed they got planted. And so it was part of like this idea of maybe now the NFL of all things, it oddly wasn't my my going point. I had, I think I'd written something like I'm gonna go pro one day. Right. But I. It was one of these things that wasn't really attached to my heart. It was like, I, I going to college would be amazing. Give me a scholarship, let me go play. That was going to be cool. And so it was a kind of this thing of what do I got to do just to be great right now to see if I can open the door for the next great thing. And that was kind of what it in and started it up. But I did have a lot of coaches. I had a lot of great people. I think we all need those people. There's got to be someone at some point in your life that plants a seed that's above your current comprehension of your capabilities or possibilities just to make you think a little bit bigger. And if they can do a good job of planting the seed, they may not be the ones to water it. But if it gets planted and you water it, it can grow into something amazing.
0: I really appreciate you saying that. A lot of people say, you know, you got to put yourself, you know, you are the five people you spend most time with. Jim Rohn, infamous for saying that. But I love this different perspective, this different story. This guy wasn't you know, this multi, multi multimillionaire, you're, you're getting advice from this guy who is quote unquote made it in life, but you made it, you, you got this, like you said, the seed planted in you from a guy who believed in you, who honestly believed in you and saw something in you that you didn't see yourself. And that guy has changed the complete trajectory of your life because we don't know what we don't know. And by someone just saying something like that is so powerful. And it, yeah, you said he was, he was the yard duty guy, like no, no, no offense at all, but he saw something special and was able to really just do something selfless and just something wonderful that turned into something super incredible. So I I appreciate you sharing that because you don't hear about things like that too often. You hear, oh, I'm going to be in a mastermind and I'm going to get the best advice from, you know, who knows what, Uh, Who knows who? So, um, well, let's fast forward a little bit. You said that you got to the NFL. What happened Mm -hmm. at that point?
1: Oh, man. Well, we skip a lot of stuff, which is good. (laughs) I mean, we can't, we can't, it's a a whole college window. But I think that the things that matter, they, they, they always come back to play later in life. But yeah, I went through college. I had a kid at, you know, 20 years old, met my biological father at 20 years old. My, during my first collegiate football star on national television after beating out a a red shirt senior, fifth year in my my second year. And I get an opportunity to play in NFL. I led that the time Pac 10 in sacks, stacks for loss, force fumbles, fumbles recovered like I balled. And I got in a situation where now I'm in the NFL, you know. And the is an interesting, interesting place to be, man. Here's the thing. It's it's what you aspire to. I want my kids to go do it. I want, you know, if I can get my, my youngest, to go to be great. But there's a lot that is, is very uncomfortable to, to experience and deal with. It's not all yachts and boats and then football games. You know, like there's a lot in between that nobody sees of preparation, practice, stress, anxiety. Because you don't actually, there's two sides of the coin. On one side of the coin, you're a baller, right? You're making a lot of money doing your thing and there's some pressure to it. And if you can find the dance to where you don't care about the pressure and you just kill it There's a sweet spot to get to. I didn't arrive at that place. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I wasn't a high draft pick. I was a guy that was, you know, coming in fighting for a job. So on one side of the coin, you can make a bunch of money, be the guy, you know, but then you know, also the stressors of the media and the team and they're, they're paying you hundreds of millions of dollars. You got to perform. You're like, there's a lot that goes that there's, there's, there's some stress in that side, even the, on the successful side on the other side of the coin, you got guys who may not be the notoriety the name and everything, but you're fighting for a job, man. and every day they're telling you we're gonna cut you tomorrow. every day you're dealing with the stress of maybe not having a job and your body hurts and like the, you know you get paid you your entire year that you will get paid is the same as one of the some some players in the team are making in the first five minutes of the first game they play, you know like the, 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 there's a lot of paid gap discrepancies there. and so there's just this dynamic you're always battling and trying to figure out where do you fit and so The interesting thing is being in that environment, it hardens you in the best of ways. You can, you can get hardened in the worst of ways that can happen. But I think for me, man, it it taught me a whole lot about what's possible and how the mind should work, how to overcome opposition. Like there was one point in time I wanted to quit. I was like my rookie year. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm done. Like I was like, I'm gonna get out of this place. And thankfully, somebody stopped me like 20 feet from the head coach. All the people I was going to kind of like let them know, like, hey, I'm going home and and broke things down. But like, there was a point in time when I was done, man, because it just it it gets you to the very edges and fringes of your capabilities. And when you get to that place in life, I don't care if it's sports that gets you there, your marriage gets you there, your career got you there, even the military got you there. When you get to the fringes of your capabilities, you finally have an opportunity to find out who you are. And in that, you get a choice to make yourself better or stay where you're at. And thankfully, I got a choice of how to make myself better. And it pushed me to be a better human
0: in time. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a Christian man myself. And one thing I tell myself when I find myself in a position, I, I've never been in the NFL. I can't even imagine the stresses in so many different ways. Just the stresses you're putting your body through, let alone everything else. But I believe that God does not give us anything we can't handle now. It's going to take us, like you said, to that, the fringes, that dark place, that area where our mind and our body is just screaming at us to stop, stop, stop. I'm a huge David Goggins fan. I love how he pushes himself literally to the physical max that he can but it's so important to to restate what you talked about is like you do not find who you truly are until you're pushing yourself beyond any sort of capability you thought you were you're you know take a rubber band for example you pull it you stretch it and then you release it it's going to go back not to its original form but it's going to be stretched you just expanded your reality you expanded your skill set and we all have a choice And when you're in that darkest place, that hardest place, whether you're running on the treadmill or lifting weights or in an ice bath, you're hitting Mm -hmm. that point where your brain is just like, you know, I want to quit. I want to quit. Go back to the safe and comfortable life. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. you do get to make that decision because in those moments you choose to be better or you choose to be the same. And in my opinion, if you're choosing them to be the same, you're you're going to be getting worse. Yeah, you do.
1: Because the world keeps moving. I mean, you can, if you stay the same, you're staying the same in an ever-changing world. It's a statement that says uh, you can never step in the same river twice because the river is never the same. Cause it's flowing. And the man is never the same because you're always changing. And so if you don't actually uh, go with the change, then everything passes you by. And you wake up in a world more unprepared than you were today.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And. The thing I love about hitting those moments, because they don't feel comfortable, there's times where I'm pushing myself and I'm like, all right, this is not about my physical body. This is about me mentally pushing myself, even though it might be on the treadmill or something like that, Because, because in those moments of complete stress, complete overwhelm, when you push yourself, like I said, with the rubber band, like you can look back on it, or when you meet similar situations, now... You're more used to it. It's not that that it's comfortable. It's still uncomfortable. But yeah, but you're you you've wired yourself to say, no, I'm gonna push through this no matter what. I'm gonna get through this no matter what. And for me to have a spiritual backing too in my head saying, Okay, God doesn't give me anything I can't handle. It feels like I can't handle it. And my brain's telling me I can't handle it, but I know yeah. from my faith that There's- I can handle it. So Put me on your shoulders you and let's go through.
1: <laughs> and if it gets too difficult, man, usually we can find, find ways to elevate, man. It's just the nature of it. It forces you because there's, there's a gift in the edge, right? There's a gift there that says, like I teach my, my son who I train and my daughter I train physically uh, in the weight room. We have a whole weight room in our house. And we also train a bunch of kids because you know my kids have friends and I train them for free because I got nothing else to do in the evening except for to be around yeah. So why not? And what I've found is <laughs> there's just this moment that I try to get them to. And the moment is the moment where they go, I can't do anything else. Coach, is too much. I, I can't go farther. I can't do another rep. And I go, this is a, this is a beautiful moment. Don't waste it. And they go, what are you talking about? It sucks. I want, I want to throw up. And I go, yeah. But here's the thing. The next thing you do, if you don't do it, you know that that's the level at which you, you're done. You, you know that that's, the, that's your max. You can't go past that. But what if you do one more? What if you do one more rep? You do a little bit more? Because now what happens is you are guaranteeing yourself you're improving. It's just, it's like sheer logic. It's based, because if you believe you're at your, you're done, done point, but you do one or two more reps, you start realizing that you're pushing your max one or two more reps. So next time it's going to be one or two reps higher. If you continue to do that kind of, we'll call it, you know, sacrifice of your, of your, your energy and, and, and you give the commitment to doing, or you just, maybe just give that kind of effort and energy. What you find is you've stacked over days and then years and a lifetime Days where you improved, so you were no longer the person you were five years ago, six years. Like you just you've always naturally improved, and it's not because there was some part of you that like you wanted to be better in the comfortable spots. It was because in the, in the most difficult spots, when you were wanting to stop, when most people would stop, you did that little bit more and elevated your your intensity, your ability, your skill set, your speed, your maybe your your cardiovascular ability, your strength. It just elevates it over time, and so that's, that's a beautiful moment when you don't want to do anything and you should
0: not waste it. And it's so powerful. I, I can't agree with you more. It's those moments that you really make it through the hard things like the gym. I I just love using the gym because it's such a simple example. Like you go to the gym often enough, you know, how much you can lift, you know, how many reps you can do, but doing all those reps and getting to that point of failure, but then even though your mind and body's screaming at you saying, okay, I just one more rep. And you might not even finish the rep or your form might be a little bit off, but that's not the point. The point is yes. you gave it your best shot. Yeah. And like you said, if you're doing that consistently and understanding that when it's the hardest, it's, it's hard to get outside of yourself. And I love how you tell your, 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 the kids you work with, this is a beautiful moment because that, that completely shifts their perspective because they're like there's nothing beautiful why why do you use yeah, that word there's nothing beautiful we'll about this moment yeah and the language that you use is is incredible because that will change their their focus their physiology there's so many things that happen in that moment and then by saying just do one more rep how many of those kids say no nah, i'm good and walk away right like
1: Yeah. Most, most humans, most adults do, everybody does. It's just too much. It's like, "Ah, I don't want to do that. You're crazy. Right. But, but that's why we stay where we're at. We're talking about changing and like, you have a choice to change stay the same. So change looks like, that's what true change looks like. In my opinion, it's you doing something that you're like, I don't want to do this at all. Yeah. But like it's because, yeah, because that's your, we'll call your comfort zone. The comfort zone isn't a thing that exists just randomly. It's It's a moment in time when you have a decision to make. The decision is, do I, do I stay in this place? And then, you know, get what this brings me and only have that. Like there's a statement of I haven't come this far just to come this far. Like it's true. Like you, you come this far. Don't just just come this far. But that change, that adaptation, it, it looks like pain and discomfort in the moment that you normalize to. When we do the ice bath, you you get in and it sucks. And I don't care how many days you do this thing. Every every day we do it and every day it sucks, you know? There's just no way to get around it, which I like. But you get in, and it's like you you eventually normalize the first time my son did it. Like he was crying, like tears. Oh wow! Crying. I made yeah. him. I made him do it. Now he gets. He's the one that wakes me up in the morning <laughs> to do it. Right. He said he's adapted over time. And the realistic part is like that. That yeah. was what I was seeking for him. It wasn't so he could go out here and be like, you know, I'm gonna be recovered and like, you know, no. I wanted him to have the mentality of like, I'm a bad dude. Like I can get this done. Like you don't know that. Yeah. Like so when he gets here's the thing, when he gets in the football field, you know, or he gets in life. Any of us get in life. There's a moment in time where all of us show up to this we'll call it defining moment and you have a mentality and it's, it's on a, we'll call it a sliding scale from, I am a weakling, I'm scared, or I have done too much work in the dark for you to take what is mine in the light. And it's a, it's a guttural sensation. I call, I call it dark work. It's the work you do in the dark so you can shine in the light. And he's doing his dark work so that when he shows up in a football field and it's him versus somebody else and the ball's in the air, The guy's a has to tackle him. There's a block to be made. That guy doesn't get to beat him right now. Not because he doesn't want him to, because that guy did not do what my son did. And my son knows it in his heart that that's what I want for him. Same for us if we show up for the career and we want the job, we want the girl, we want the body. When you show up in a certain manner, knowing what you did that nobody saw, they can't take what's yours in this real time, in this moment. And so I think a lot of people are missing out on, understand that the change you're doing, yeah, you're getting a skill set. Yeah, you're developing this awareness or capability beyond what you've done. Yeah, you're developing that. But what you're really developing is the most important piece, which is the brazenness to deploy that skill and fight for what you believe is yours now.
0: I call it being a dangerous man and not dangerous in the violent sense or anything like that. But when a man is truly dangerous, he is capable. And how do you become a capable man? Yeah, you're the one getting up early or staying up late or both busting your mm-hmm. ass. You're in the one, you're the one first one at the gym, putting in the reps. Nobody yeah. else is around. You're doing the work when everybody else is more comfortable in their bed or more comfortable doing whatever. You're the one that's putting yourself in those positions, getting the work in. And I really appreciate what you said about when you do that much work in the dark, I think Doing it in the dark also is so important because Matthew seven says, "Do not, you know, do not pray and boast about it. You know, pray privately, mm-hmm. and yeah. whatever you ask for, you will get." So, I feel like it's so important to have that dark element of that work as well because no one's around, no one's cheering you on, no one's giving you the accolades. You're pushing yourself. It's just you against you. And Mm -hmm. if you're able to push yourself hard in those moments, when you show up, you're going to have the confidence, one of, I got this. But two, I love also what you said, you're not taking this away from me. I have worked too hard, have gone too far. Failure, loss is not an option. Period. And you will give it your best. Whether you win or not, that's not important at that point. You know what you did. You know the work you put in. And you are going to give it your best and usually train harder doesn't matter skill set at that point you will like you said that bigger heart you have more of your heart in this yeah and i got it so powerful man so powerful so for those listening anthony is the founder of identity shift (laughs) coaching he is a former nfl player american ninja warrior best-selling author and host of multiple podcasts, including the Awe Shift podcast. Check them out at anthonytrucks.com. You can also find them on Instagram at Anthony Trucks. Now I know we didn't finish your story. There's so many more avenues. Uh, story. Yeah. Getting yeah. hurt, getting out of the NFL, re- you know, redefining yourself and who you are. Um, but I think it's, it's very important to talk about this and you talk about it on your podcast. Uh, You've talked about it um, in, I believe, uh, a book that you have coming up. I know your first book was more like an autobiography. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you talk about awe shift moments, and Mm -hmm. it seems like this is definitely something that is a big part of your life, from going to a foster home, to getting adopted, to getting to college level, NFL level, and then American Ninja Warrior, and then rediscovering yourself. So many shifts. And I love that that you yeah. put it in terms like that, um, because with COVID, we've talked a lot about, especially people in the business world, about shifting, you know, pivoting, they call it. So tell mm-hmm. us what, how Awe Shift came up, what it means, and what you're doing with it these days. Yeah, yeah. So there is a, so Awe Shift is a, it's a podcast
1: title that was randomly brought up, because I talk about identity shifts, right? I, I believe you. You cannot have a dream above your current identity, right? If you, if you have this dream that, you know, is above what you currently see yourself doing action-wise, habit-wise, you won't do what needs to be done to get that. You don't identify with the things that identity does. Therefore, you don't get that identity as uh, dreams. So I I have this, this thought there, right? So you have to shift your identity up to that level to get there. And it was kind of this thing that was laid on me in an interesting way. I was, I was in a, a retreat. It was like this memory retreat with a whole bunch of amazing minds. And so we're all there in this, this space and we're having conversations and And I'm sharing my heart on this brand that I had at the time called Trust Your Hustle. And it was it was kind of like my life's work, literally my, my life's work to that day, you know? It's like, this is what I focus on. This is what I did. And I'm in a room with, uh, it's like Brendan Burchard and Dean Graciosi and you know, like Lewis House, Trent Shelton, Russell Brunson's there, Jeff Walker. It's all just, I'm saying a lot of amazing minds big players yeah they're they're, they're guys man and so we're just all you know at a campfire hanging out eating cookies shooting shotguns doing stuff and I'm talking about it and this guy Ethan Willis is with us also he states out loud he goes you know I don't like this I go what do you mean you know it's my life's work goes ah I like it he goes there's a message in a messenger he says you're the messenger I you you can speak you can talk you can do your thing he says but but the messages doesn't resonate with what I see you as or who I see you as. It says there's a lot of things you've navigated. I don't know how you've gone through these different parts of your life. It's like, how did you navigate all the shifts of your identity to get here? And everybody goes, ooh, identity. And like became this style. It's like, maybe, maybe that could be it, right? So I had to shift my business's identity to identity, right? It's a very interesting dynamic. It's like a meta aspect. <laughs> Yeah. And so I, I did, I trashed all these courses i have been building, these, all this stuff i have been doing and built it into this idea of like identity and identity shift, right? So that was one part of it. And then probably five years, four or five years, that was it. And, it's, and don't worry, identity is still what I do, but I still, I realize that identity shift is not this thing that people go, man, I can't wait to make an identity shift. You know, like there's not this aspirational desire for it. Yeah. Although we do it and we need it. So I go, how do I get this, uh, how do I do like the dogs that have like the, the, you know, you want to give a dog a pill, you give it peanut butter. you know Right. So what I do is how can I wrap something around this idea that people will digest it better. And so I've always given this conversational talk on, you know, my speech on stage. I talk about the work I did in the dark allowed me to shine the light. I'd done too much dark work. And one of my team members about a little over a year ago goes, what is this dark work thing you're talking about? I go, what do you mean? They go, you keep saying. And I go, no, I don't. They go, yeah, you always talk about it in your speech. And so I go, dark work. And sure enough, I'd stated something and I don't know, a post and someone goes, Ooh, what's dark work. I go, I don't know. Why do you want to know about it? Right. So I start, and I started finding that that really that becomes this thing that so many people can deeply connect with. It became the peanut butter for the pill of identity. Because if you think about it, when you're doing that work in the dark, you aren't just doing this thing for skill set. You're becoming somebody new. And in fact, who we are to this day, psychologically, neurologically, it is because of at some point things that happened that nobody saw that we experienced, right? It's the, it's the dark work we did. And what it actually is is an experience. We experienced something. It wasn't a, an aspiration or a dream. Something happened to us. If, if for some reason I experience a dog biting me, then I am like psychologically and neurologically wired to be afraid of dogs, right? Right. So experiences shape us. And so I go, well, how did I become who I am right now? And I go, well, it was just off of random experiences that happened one of two ways on demand or when crap hit the fan. And most of the time it was when crap hit the fan. I lost my career. I was out of money. The business is going down. I got to figure things out. And all of a sudden I go, oh, I didn't know I was capable of that. Why did I have to wait until all things are going down to build up? Right. We do this as humans. So for me, I go, what if I did this on demand? What if I created experiences for myself intentionally to allow myself to become the person that has an identity that matches my dream? Straightforward. So this became the work of identity. So what I started doing was was understanding that the communication of it is no longer make a shift, do the shift. It's like, no, do the dark work. If you do the dark work, which people get, they because when I say it, I got a film that, as I've said it, you've probably got like in your head thinking about, yeah, I've done a lot of things that no one's seen. It's not been celebrated. It's been misunderstood. It's been ridiculed probably at times, but it allowed you over time to become who you are today. We all have these situations. And so I go, if you are a person that has aspirations for more, we got to do that again. But you don't do it randomly. You don't do it haphazardly. You do it for the first time, possibly, on demand with intention. And so the identity work I've I've kind of, ushered into this next phase, it's all wrapped around that concept. How can I get you to do the dark work?
0: Now, when you get somebody to create a new identity for themselves, is that part of the process is like, I know a lot of, a lot of mindset coaches say, imagine your future and who you want to be, what you want to wear, how you want to present yourself, and then feel the emotion of that and draw it back to yourself. Um, and then what actions do you have to take today that exemplify that person? How do you, yeah, yeah, how do you approach your, your, yeah. How do you approach your students when, when working on identity shifting? Funny thing is,
1: is you won't, there's no way, not that there's no way. It has been shown by studies that we are for the most part, statistically disconnected from future self at a level that'll move us forward. So there was a study done by UCLA called Stranger Inside. And they actually got these diodes connected to people's brains. And they asked them a bunch of questions based on pictures. They showed them pictures of people that they know in their life. You know, their mom, their kids, their wife. And then love would light up in the brain. And they'd show pictures of people they didn't know. And Stranger would light up in the brain. Then they asked him, tell us about your future self. And Stranger lit up in the brain. We, we don't have this connection to our future self. So what happens is we... We don't often make the sacrifices to actually bring that future self to life. To the extent of, what was it, I wanna say Merrill Lynch, I believe, took this information, created something called Face Your Future. And in doing so, what they did was they got to a point where they found that people were investing up to 40% more in their future for retirement than ever before, all because they could finally see the future of them. And so, the, the way you can do it's a couple ways. You can write, do a picture, write that person's personality, but it's not an easy way to do it. What I look at as I go, well, all of us have a dream. And for the most part, the dream is something we can see. Well, where do we see it? In other people. Okay, great. I've already stated you can't have a dream above your current identity. So what identity has your current dream? Let's say your dream is to be in, in phenomenal shape as a man. Well, maybe the rock. Ray the Rock Johnson becomes the guy that, you know, you have this identity. Now, maybe you don't like the way he travels and works and what he does and he drinks alcohol. And maybe I said right? But for that one expression of his identity, you admire. I go, great. So what I do is go, that identity is something that exists. I understand what that identity does. Now, what you can do is start framing questions in the direction of that identity. Meaning, if the workout's supposed to be at five o'clock, it's going to be hard. I don't want to do it. I can ask myself, what would the rock do? What would the rock do? That's right. You, you know the answer to that. Now you, you can't say, what would my future self do? I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't work out right now. Cause you know, what would the rock do? He'd get out, you know, you know the answer. Now you might not like the answer, but you know it. And now that I know the answer, and I want to be more like that identity, because I know what that identity has, that dream that I aspire to, I know I'm informed of what my next step should be, what my dark work should be. And the interesting thing is the more you do it, the more you become like that. I had a client yesterday. This just happened yesterday. They're talking about, a, I do it a daily podcast, seven days a week or five, five days a week. I just do it. And the person goes, I'd love to do it, but I just, I, I'm not that consistent like you. I'm not, I'm not built the way you are. I can't be as dialed in and disciplined. I go, you're missing the complete sense of society here. I go, I don't do it because I'm disciplined. I'm disciplined because I do it. Right. The the thing I had to give myself something to be disciplined to, to be consistent to, to become disciplined. Right. So the expression of my identity that you are seeing right now is because I started doing the thing I didn't want to do. And it became who I was in time. So when you look at the rock, because his body may like, or you look at um, maybe a business or I want to be just like Elon Musk, whatever. Right you just have to simply step back and go, yeah, I'm not who that person is right now, it's completely okay, but what would they do? And then you do more of that to become more of that.
0: So powerful. One of the things that I love, I love to read, but one of the things that I'd love to read more than anything are either biographies or autobiographies about people that I aspire to be like, I remember Mm -hmm. for, for example, I enjoyed watching Bear Grylls growing up on Man vs Wild. I thought he was this yeah. entertaining cool cat who just did some pretty crazy stuff. But I, you know, really didn't know much about him personally and I got his uh his autobiography and he doesn't even talk about the show much in it. He talks about his upbringing, yeah. how he was in the essentially I think it's like the Navy Seals of, of Britain. Yeah, uh, Britain. so serving there his parachuting accident, having to rehabilitate and then him climbing uh, Mount Everest and all of that. And so getting to know him more on a personal level, an intimate level and seeing what he did, him talking about the, the steps he took to do all of these amazing things in his life. It just inspired me so much. And I didn't realize that at the time, but one of my goals was to hike a tall mountain. And I read that and it planted a seed in me. From him hiking Everest. Man. And a year ago, a buddy of mine and I made it a point to hike our first 14er in Colorado. Never Man. had hiked more than For a sure. couple. Of, yeah, no, I've never hiked more than a couple miles on flat ground. Here we are going up Which the mountain. Uh, we did two that day. We did Grays and Tories. And uh, we did, nice. yeah, yeah, we I did peak. it. Yeah. Yeah, we did we did it in April too. And we didn't realize it until we were up there. Uh that there was still a ton of snow on these mountains so yeah i've can, never yeah, hiked yeah, in I, snow um, we had yeah, to yeah. we yeah. had to have the 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 snowshoes and everything but if i hadn't read yeah. bear grills autobiography i don't know if i would have ever been inspired enough because you go do it yeah and when i was it it was one of the hardest phys- physical things because I, I didn't realize how crazy hum- uh the elevation could get to you mm-hmm. um but yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know you take I three steps lie.
1: Oh, yeah. Gotcha. can't breathe.
0: You feel like you ran
1: a mile. I, I did it. I remember hiking it. we had 14,128 feet or something like Pike's Peak. And we did in July, there was still snow at the top. Yeah. And you seriously, you stand up and walk 10 feet and you're gassed. Gassed. I remember it, dude. I remember yep. it, it was the same for me. I've yeah. done professional football and it was the most challenging physical thing I'd ever done. I've still this day I've done it in my life. I taxed myself getting up that thing.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. And, and the whole time you're pushing... You're pushing, you're breaking through, like we said, those walls. We're get, you're getting to that edge, but you're not going back down. You're like, you look down, you're like, man, I've gone this far. I still got a, all that yeah. way to go, but I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. Yeah. And um, told me
1: at one point, this, the fastest way down is up. You're like, <laughs> look, you want to get off this mountain. The fastest way down is up. I'm Like, yeah, you're right. As soon as you get up to the top, you can drive down. Like you want to go down, but you're hiking down. Right. Uh, you know, you can go.
0: I love that. I love that. And so I just love what you said like pick somebody the rock. I love the rock. I remember times in my life when I've made the biggest change, the biggest shifts. I didn't realize it, but you know I had an old mentor of mine, this guy Mark Garrison, love him to death, and when I was in yep. like business ethic situations with clients or yep. s- contractors, and my stomach started to feel a little bit weird. And that means essentially my code of conduct is getting pressure put on it by whatever the person Mm -hmm. is asking me to do or wanting. And I would just sit for a moment and be like, okay, what would Mark do? What would Mark do? And then I'd know instantly because he was a man of principles and and morals and he wasn't the perfect man. He made mistakes. But when it came to integrity and reputation and doing the right thing, no matter what, even if it hurts you, Hurt your business, hurts your whatever. He would always make the right decision. So I would have someone to call upon. Like you said, it's it's almost like you're calling upon. You're at the gym and you're like, well, I want to look at, like The Rock. What would he do right now? You, you bet your butt he'd be hitting the gym hard right now. So it's like, all right, Dwayne, let's do this. We got this. And it's so powerful yeah. when you do that.
1: Is mm-hmm. it? It's a game changer, man. I, I agree. And so that, but that's the path like you're saying, How you that's the path to it, man. If it's not this, I mean, you want to have a dream and a vision of what you want, but the thing is what you want comes to who you are. And so if you look at it in the right way and go how to become more, because there's also a joy in becoming the person, right? It, you think that the goal is to have the yacht and to have the, <laughs> the, the, the Gucci belt. The, that, yeah, that stuff's good, but you don't, you're not experiencing that every day. You spend vastly more time with yourself. So if you learn to do things where you're proud of yourself, is a pride that comes to you. And that's why those things come to you because people want to do business with you. They like who you are and you flow better. It's all these different nuances that are really the key pieces that make you this amazing human. And so that's really the key is how to become the person that draws
0: those things to me. So it's not so much even about a shift, it's it's more of a a transformation. Doing the oh, work transform- in the dark, transforming yourself. I, I'm recently got into going to see a chiropractor and I love what they talk about. One of their principles is they say you change from the top down inside out. And so for me, on my spiritual walk, it's always been a top down thing, but then to really transform myself, it's a, it's an inside job first. Yeah. And then it translates, translates out. So yeah, that's freaking powerful stuff, man. Um, all right, we're going to jump into a couple fun questions real quick. Do you have a superhero name? And if you don't already have a superhero name, what would it be? Uh, superhero name. I don't have I have a rap name. <laughs>
1: it's a dumb one. I made it up when I was in high school. <laughs> it's right here, it's Chill E Dog. Get it? Chili Dog. <laughs> Chili uh, Dog. I love it. Chill E Dog dog. Uh, superhero name. No, I don't have a superhero name, man. I don't know. I, I love I Chili Dog, would it? Is. Mine. Mine one, in yeah. high school
0: was Mixmaster Matt.
1: <laughs> you know, mixed, Hey, it works, dog. It's better than mine. Uh, yeah, no, I. Don't, I don't have a superhero name, man. I, we could make one up though. I don't have. I've never even thought about a superhero name.
0: Yeah. Well, so. I'm gonna let everybody in on a little bit of secret. My first name really yeah. isn't Ace. Believe it or not, my parents did oh, not Junior name me Ace. It is Matthew. Yeah. That's yeah. Mixmaster Matt. But there you go. Ace was given to me. At an event, transformational event. It was a three, four day event, boxing event with some MMA fighters. It was mind blowing. Uh, One of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, But the group gave me that name because they saw me working my butt off, going through all these breakthroughs. And Mm -hmm. the reason they named me Ace was they used to call World War II fighter pilots Aces. If they were able to shoot down a certain amount of enemy planes. So gotcha. imagine being in a dogfight over the Pacific Ocean, fighting the Japanese, whoever, and just bullets going everywhere. It's like Top Gun, but it's real life. And yeah. um, you, you're under this immense amount of pressure, but you're still able to stay focused, find your enemy and shoot them down. Get the job done. Do what's required. Don't give it your best. Do what's required of you. Yeah. And that's what people saw in me. And so for me, Ace, one it's a fucking cool name. I love cool I, I, I love like the it. name, but there's so much more to it for me. And so for me, Ace is my superhero name. Um Listen. and it took other people seeing it within me. Like you said, it took somebody else seeing something in within me that I couldn't at that time. I was I was at rock bottom at that event in my personal and professional life. They were yep. able to see something in me. I didn't see it myself. And that planted a seed for everything I've done since then. And it has completely changed my life. So Freakers. we don't have to come up with a superhero name on the spot, but I would, right. I, I would love, love to, to get one for you.
1: Um, yeah. I got, I mean, the close one I got when I was in college, my, my football, you know, I would say I played football, obviously my, uh, my thing was when I would like do something great, tackle somebody, this thing called the truck stop, right? Like, do this thing in my arm. Like, you're like, hey, when your car drives by, like you tell the truck to drive, it, you know, talk its horn. Yeah. And my thing was the truck stop. So maybe that should be the truck stop. We'll use it that way.
0: That's awesome. Anthony, the truck stop trucks. There you go. That's it. That's
1: people still, like, when I go and visit my my college, I actually have like people that will say,
0: oh, what's up? Tr- the truck stop. Like, they'll say it. I'm like, I didn't know it's that big of a thing, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's incredible, too, because I love how you get your body into it, because uh, I know you know about anchoring, uh, changing yeah. your your neurocircuits and all of that. And so just the yeah. act of the truck stop and, and having what I would call a power move. Oh, man, you add some of those into your real life. The thing about and that's what I love about the whole superhero genre is it brings us back to when we were kids. Yeah, it does. Like reading comics for me, watching the Marvel movies, X-Men, all of that. Like, we get to define who we want our identity to be. Why not have some fun with it? Why not do something that's a part of your true personality? For me, I like to be a goofy person. So (laughs) I'll I'll do some goofy stuff, some goofy fake breakdancing moves. But I love doing that. I love just, just being... Being fun and silly at times. And, oh, uh, man, you have moves in life. You yeah. can't take everything too seriously. You don't going to get this thing alive. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. The truck stop. What are some of your superpowers? Adaptability is a big one. I think there's
1: this, uh, I have, a, I'm able to adapt to situations in ways most people won't. I think another piece of it is I for sure have like this, this dark work mentality of I've done way too much in the dark to lose in a light because my life's been a whole lot of darkness, man. And uh, I think on top of that, I also have a, a superpower of, of compassion for people. Cause Some people piss me off. But at the same time, I go, you know what? They, I don't have to actually onboard the emotion that they're spitting out right now. I can find ways to navigate whatever's going on to where I'm not as, as down and out or uh, bring on the energy they want to give me. So I can actually be compassionate for a person. that's being be at a punk right now, but realize like, it might be in a tough time. So I think those would be my, my, my powers. I wish I could fly, but I can't right now.
0: Well, maybe maybe with Lucid Dreaming, you could, uh, you, could you do know, a little bit of fly that way. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> Who are some of your superheroes?
1: It's um, a great question. My superheroes. I don't know if I have any superheroes myself. Like that I look up my, besides my God, like that's definitely one. Uh, outside of that, man, I don't, I don't know if I've ever placed somebody in that position. Like I've never said, like, that's my hero.
0: Like I've never actually done right. that. So I don't have anybody, unfortunately. Who were some of the people you had mentioned, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson? That I admire? Yeah. I, who, I who, admire
1: who, The Rock. I, I admire the way he functions as a human. I don't want to be away from my house. from like, for, I'll see posts where he goes, I'm home for 24 hours. Like, what the what? You're home for 24 hours? Hell no. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, I admire uh, Kevin Hart. I like how he's kind of built up what he's built up. Uh, Justin Timberlake, actually, I got—I'm a fan of that guy. And how he functions, I don't know why I couldn't tell you. Um, my wife, my wife's dope, man. She's a whole bunch of cool stuff that nobody knows she does. She gets down in the dark, and then my kids, man, it's cool to watch them like live up to what they're they're doing, and because I cause they get to be intimately like near their life, you know.
0: So, what best to people? I mean, yeah, leave it there. I love it. I love it. So, for the people listening, how can they get a hold of you? How can they? Uh, learn more about you and possibly end up working with you, whether it's coaching or, or some other way.
1: Yeah. Just go to, if you go to Instagram at Anthony trucks, it's the fastest way to find all the cool things
0: I do. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm assuming do they reach you directly or how how does that process work? Just kind of just send a DM or you go to the link, uh,
1: the link tree thing on there. there's a whole bunch of links to find out about books and podcasts and all the fun stuff I do. But it's like the hub, I figure. I think I can put everything there. If you listen to my podcast, go hang out there. You'll find more content that I post. I do my daily podcast. You can access it there
0: too. It's all there. Perfect. Perfect. That's incredible, man. Um, If you had, from all the things we talked about today, if there was one thing you wanted to leave, one tool, one bit of information to the audience, what, what would that be? Uh, Man, go do the dark work, do things that people do things for
1: you, not for people, meaning do things that, that no one's going to look at you and give you a high five to do, but you know, you did when you develop that sense of pride, you develop a skill in the process. And then when you go enter back into the world to do your thing, you will shine brighter than you or anybody else
0: around you. I love that. I love that. So what are you saying? Do the dark work, but don't do what you perceive as other people's dark work. Dig deep.
1: Different conversation. That's like, yeah, it's, it's
0: a different conversation
1: for sure. But yes, definitely the dark work.
0: Awesome. Well, Anthony, amazing having you on the show. Thank you. For those listening, he's the founder of Identity Shift Coaching. I could do the whole list again. He has done so many incredible things. Things we didn't even touch on. American Ninja Warrior being... Uh, one of my favorite shows and we didn't even even go there but there were so many amazing things i would just like anthony said check him out on instagram at anthony trucks i friended him i'm following him myself and just like he said it's super easy to find everything that he does there from books to podcasts to all of that so anthony thank you so much for coming on it has been an absolute pleasure having you i just my pleasure just this conversation like I just love having conversations like this, expanding my mind, expanding what I think is possible. Because just something you had hit on about that future you not being a reality of motivation of what you're going to do to really transform yourself and finding someone else like that wasn't how I thought. And you completely, in this short amount of time, changed my whole perspective on this. And I appreciate it because I know with the people you work with and what you've done in your life by approaching it that way you can get real tangible results doing the work in the dark and it can happen a lot faster than probably most people think i'd agree i've seen it happen that's awesome man well for those of you listening thank you for checking out the superhero by design podcast you can find information about my book superhero by design the podcast and all of that on my website superherobydesign.com make it pretty easy but thank you once again anthony the Truck Stop Trucks for coming on the show. Um, I'm so excited to be following you on Instagram myself, and I just can't wait to see how the journey continues to unfold for you and your family. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Seriously. All righty. Well, once again, thank you everybody for listening. I am so blessed and honored to be doing this. And I am so honored that you spend any moment of your time, your day listening to me just ramble on about whatever, but actually amazing guests like Anthony. So thank you once again for that. And remember with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like this out.